Hello and welcome to Thinking Critically, a D&D discussion, a podcast where we deep dive single word concepts or ideas within the Dungeons and Dragons 5e framework. My name is Danilo and I like all kinds of games and the crunchy mechanics that make him tick. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram and I'd really appreciate a like or a follow. Today I am joined by the cast, the whole cast of Bar One. No Small Roles. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Yes. Bar One of No Small Roles. <laughs> Grace, thank you for volunteering. Why don't, you, uh, <laughs> why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and the podcast? Uh, I certainly shall. Thank you so much. Uh, apologies for just uh, butting in there. Um, oh, no. So uh, No Small Roles is an actual play D&D podcast where there are no small roles, but six British actors that bonded over their love of D&D. We've all worked for the same fabulous theatre company, Open Bar, go check them out. And we've all performed in various Shakespeare plays across the UK with that company uh, in pub gardens. So we all quite like a drink. And it was at one fateful cast company party where you get to meet meet the people from the other shows where there was drinking going on in a kitchen and uh, this this conversation of D&D just kept on popping up all over the kitchen. And uh, at one point, Baby David, our DM, uh, decided to produce a D20 from his bag. And so <laughs> the plan to start actually playing D&D between actors that knew what it was and didn't uh, was hatched. Um, and myself and David had been percolating the idea of doing a podcast we thought that'd be pretty cool but you know life was pretty busy and then life got considerably less busy and uh, <laughs> there was also considerably less attention for us as actors uh, so uh, <laughs> thus we finally had no more excuses to actually start making no small roles and we absolutely love getting to play in this magical world that uh, of D&D and uh, David's homebrewed world of Dulamir. Thank you very much. I always thought people that carried D20s with them was a thing of legend, but now I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm meeting the unicorn. <laughs> no, it's real. I have no idea why, but there always seems to be at least one full set of dice in my bag. Uh, Good. You have to be prepared. You've got to be, you prepared. to be prepared. You never know when you might need to make a decision. <laughs> Just leave it up to <laughs> Ironically, your stag do involved rolling a d20. Yeah, it did, didn't and it? And giving you forfeits. It was like, wow. Yeah, it was like a whole oh. wild magic thing, but each each thing on the table was something awful. <laughs> it wasn't. It was brilliant. It was lots of fun. <laughs> you had a wild yeah, magic One of them was that I had to fly for a full minute, which meant that I was just carried around by everybody else. <laughs> you couldn't touch the floor. <laughs> couldn't touch the floor. That is totally a reason to get married. <laughs> we could just go drinking we don't have to oh, i mean okay, we can't yeah. right now <laughs> uh okay well uh, uh david the unicorn why don't you um why don't you tell us tell us a little bit about yourself hi i'm david baby david as i have been nominated <laughs> um i'm a, a an actor a writer a composer um i met vicky Years and years ago, we were both working at Madame Two Swords together, uh, down in the Scare Attraction. Hilarious. Um, and when Vicky and uh, Nikki and Ellie uh, first started Open Book uh, Theatre Company, Vicky basically grabbed me and pulled me in. And uh, whilst I uh, 
was like, yeah, like acting work, great. Um, I was also very subtly like, also, do you need a composer? Because I write music and I can see that you don't have a composer on the on the crew yet. So can I be your composer? Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> also, he I'm... wasn't getting paid at this point. We didn't have any budget. So <laughs> no. we were like, absolutely, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I was like, oh, look, uh, opportunity. Um, and how long ago was that? That was 2013. That right? was about seven years ago. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, basically since then I've... Uh, been resident composer for them uh which is fantastic it means there's loads of different like uh loads of different types of shows that they put on they, they do they do loads of shakespeare stuff but they also do uh adaptations of classic literature as well uh perform them in public spaces um and then when it came to me getting interested in dungeons and dragons uh having such a good friendship with Vicky, I was like, please come. Like you've dragged me over into the theater. So I will drag you back into, into geekdom. Um, and yeah, that was about five, six years ago as well. Mm. So that was sort of, I got, uh, I got the starter set for, for Christmas one year and, uh, we ran through that. And then from there, I just decided I'm going to start homebrewing everything else, tell a completely unique story, but using sort of, going straight on from the from the back of the starter adventure um and that's where that was what yeah six years ago and then yeah two years ago i think was roughly the conversation that all of us uh were in uh a party one of these uh halimus uh, christween yeah 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 it was like I a, swear this name changes every time. Every time. This <laughs> Christmas Ween. It was between it Christmas and Halloween <laughs> is roughly what I it is. I just only call it a Christmas Ween because I can't say I, the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was like, as Grace said, it was literally different conversations on opposite sides of the room. And every time one conversation would start up, you saw people in the other corner, like like their ears perking up, looking over, being like, what? <laughs> Do you, what? I want to join in that conversation and then start a different conversation <laughs> with whoever they were stood nearest until eventually we were all chatting together. Um, and yeah, so then me and Grace uh, got into a conversation because we were like, great, let's play D&D. &D. Uh, but then after a few games, we were like, how do we start a podcast? Mm. How? Yeah, let's take that leap. And yeah, so then basically I spent a lot of time rushing around trying to like prep as much stuff as possible uh, so that when we dove into it, like we could just go full hog uh use use the homebrew world i'd been using uh in that first game with vicky and uh which that campaign is still running still to this running day isn't it yeah. yeah yeah um and then yeah and and here we are six months later what six months it's a bit mad <laughs> <Blimey. months. laughs> spinning it spinning a lot of plates uh, you, mm. you're as uh, brave or as foolish as I am as well with making a homebrew <laughs> world. Yeah. Still quite haven't decided what side that falls on. But, uh, no, no yes. idea. And I spend far too much time thinking about it as well. Mm. <laughs> it's the, the, worst, the worst it is for me is when I'm like just turned out the light and I'm lying in bed to go to sleep and I'm like, man, that'd be really good if mm -hmm. this happens and then that happens and then this happens. And I'm like, what? It's, go to bed. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> you get an, an hour later and you're like, okay, I've fallen far too far down this rabbit hole. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and the best thing is, I won't remember it tomorrow morning. So cool, great. <laughs> Not wasted time at all. Um, thank you, David. Uh, ben, what about yourself? Um, hello, I'm Ben Galpin. 
the first of this bunch that I met was uh, Vicky many, many years ago because we trained together um, at Drama Studio London um, back in 2008 to 2009. Um, so that's the first time that we met. And then since then, uh, I've been lucky enough to be employed several times by Vicky <laughs> and, and Nikki and the rest of the Open Bar and Open Books. It's Absolutely. It's running theme you'll hear. Um, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm Vicky and I pay for friends. Yeah, she's the, yeah, she's the boss. <laughs> it's fine by me. Um, keep paying for my friendship. Um, so, so yeah, so I met Vicky um, at drama school, then subsequently worked together. And the first summer that I worked with Vicky's, uh, Vicky and Nikki, and at that point Ellie's company, Open Bar Theatre, um, I then met Daryl because we were in the show together and David was creating our music and Grace came in to do some clown workshops as well for I us. I sure did. Um, and got paid for uh, it as well. Our, um, <laughs> yeah, even better. There you go. What paid friendships. Uh, so that was when I met the rest, of the, the rest of the team, I think, for the first time, unless I met you somewhere before. I think I briefly dreams. met you, Ben. Oh, yes. With Dracula. Dracula. Because I, oh, God, yes, I did. Day. <laughs> I came in for Dracula to um I don't, what was what was my role? <laughs> your, your role was supposed to be like on book in case any of us needed you. Um, Just in case anyone for the dress desperately rehearsal, needed a line. But you ended yeah. up saying more than anyone else in the cast. Yeah. yeah. I just ended up reading the script out loud to the cast. Ben Gilpin is your narrator tonight, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and flicking through pages at one point in one of Vicky's scenes where I was just like, no, I, d- I don't know where we are. <laughs> Classic Docker moment. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So, I did meet David before. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's that's how I met this up. Awesome. Thank you. And also, I thought I'd mention, there's no preference here. I'm literally going right to left on the Zoom call. So, don't <laughs> Vicky, you're last. Spoilers. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I'm disappointed now. I was, I was happy I was second, but now I'm sad. Uh, Daryl, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey, um, yeah, Daryl here. Um, similar to everyone else, um, one Vicky Gaskin paid for my friendship and she has it to <laughs> my last dying breath. I, um, I paid for your friendship straight away. <laughs> <laughs> I hired you before you were a friend, so you were like, I was in there. That's, <laughs> that's the rub. <laughs> that's the rub. Yeah, I, I auditioned um, to be in... Um, Open Bar's production of Twelfth Night, which is where I met um, Ben, David and Grace uh, on that job. Yeah, which is wonderful for me because uh, at the time I had been um, dropped by my agent. It's kind of like young and burning, like, I'll make it anyway on my own. <laughs> <laughs> and then for like um, ages, didn't get anything until um, until that year when I got um, Twelfth Night. And also um, a different job, completely unrelated to Twelfth Night, when Vicky, Ben... And those guys who I'd met literally like a week before came to see me in the other show, which is really nice of them. And Much to do about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so we've been friends ever since. And that was like 2016, 15? 2016, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, since then. Um, yeah, D&D was very new to me when I... When it came to the Christmas, Christmas, Christmas party. Halloween, Christween. It's a combination of Halloween and Christmas that comes in mid-November. <laughs> I'm going to take Vicky's word on that. I'm going to have to learn that word later and put it in my dictionary. <laughs> Just call it November. It's clearly, Fest. really catchy. 
<laughs> I'm just going to try and avoid any references to the last quarter of the year. Just it's a can of worms. It's a can of worms. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought at one point you were going to say you auditioned to be her friend, and I was going to say, "Wow, how high is this a bar?" Like, <laughs> it's an open bar. It's an open bar. <laughs> it's an open bar. <laughs> Keep dropping yeah. that <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, thank you very much, Daryl. So, and uh, last, but obviously, absolutely not least, Vicky, how about how about you? Uh, so, yeah, I paid this lot to be my friends. Um, yeah, I'm, a, I'm an actor. I trained with Ben and I run Open Book and Open Bar Theatre is sort of my, my main job, uh, which they've quite nicely described all of that for me. Um, uh, so there's not really much more to add. Yeah, I sort of met uh grace and daryl and chris who uh is our other cast member through open bar shows um the pub shows um and yeah i've just it was been really lovely to sort of work with everyone again i guess it's nice to sort of have a community i david baby david because he's so young uh introduced me <laughs> to D when he was like do you want to play and i was like hell yeah um and i have like quite a narrow like i've only played like two characters really in D for like re- like a really long period of time and a really intensive period of time so i have like loads of knowledge on bits and then no mm. knowledge outside of that which is interesting sometimes um yeah that's kind of it wicked this here's here's the weird thing for me right because i only know all of your voices from the show which mm. is obviously predominantly talking in character mm. which is obviously yeah. that there are differences between your your natural voices so it's it's this almost this weird kind of like existential weirdness <laughs> i'm getting every, every you know every so often and it, you know some words will be very similar to, to your characters and i have to be like no i'm actually talking to these people my dad makes fun because every every now and then I, i'll say a word and it'll come out west country for no reason no. never lived in the west country like nothing like sometimes i say 19 like <laughs> the west country I have, there's no reason for it <laughs> Uh, lovely. So again, thank you all for your introductions and for coming on today. The topic of today, perhaps unsurprisingly, is acting. So I will open the floor <laughs> and say, what does the word acting mean to you within the Dungeons and Dragons framework? And I've just got a little tumbleweed animation <laughs> ready for putting everybody on the spot. We knew this that we knew this word was coming, yeah. and yet all of us None are like, of us have prepared an answer for it. <laughs> what does it mean in the context of D and D? I'm gonna I'm gonna start us. Okay. Um, thank you, Becky. I think char- character driven Dungeons and Dragons. I think like because we're all professional actors, we really get a kick out of the sort of character side of thing. And I think David, having knowledge as a performer as well as an experienced DM, he really plays off that. So it's kind of, that's very much the D&D game I think we play is more like we're not in it for the experience points. We're in it to sort of create situations and it's kind of act our way through it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a nice springboard for a topic i have later on um but ha- does anyone else have a, have a slightly different take on that or maybe a different interpretation of of what it means to you maybe personally um not too um not a different interpretation more just to add on to what vicky says in terms of um 
And when it comes to, because we're all trained performers, um, you guys might remember um, being taught about given circumstances um, back in drama Mm. school um, and just realising what circumstances you are handed, not circumstances you necessarily created and making choices within those confines. And which is a weird word to say within D&D because from an actor's perspective, you're role-playing and you're improving. So you're kind of free. There's no like structure there's no lines or script or story to like kind of rigidly follow but you know that okay my character can't phase through walls and the ceiling is coming in what can I do do you know what I mean and being able to inhabit that somewhat realistically with with expectations and kind of performing that faithfully if that makes sense Mm. yeah yeah that I think it's a really fine line isn't there between kind of acting and and improvisation and something I've had to deal with in previous games that I've played with certainly a younger set of players and there was a bit of a gap I had to bridge there between like hey no this is you, you guys get to make the script <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I ain't no one making a script for you now this is this is, this yeah. is on you guys yeah. yeah I've I've quite often described it or just D&D in general to other people as uh it's like improv acting mixed with gambling because there's <laughs> the the aspect of of like Dara was saying like you've got like some boundaries they're much wider than they would be in any drama game uh but you've got Mm. some boundaries of like what your character can do like the particular situation that you might be in but you also don't have complete control over it either your character can try and make a like a performance decision but then (laughs) the dice will just go completely against you and you've got you've got to like just go okay well i guess that's not happening and turn on a dime straight away (laughs) David's catchphrase is, well, you can try. Yeah. I'm just going to add to like my, my, I'm putting my hand up because I'm like, oh, because we're, no. um, but like for me, like acting the way, like it works so well with D&D because for me, acting is play. Uh, and mm. and that's coming from kind of more of a clowning background and a cabaret background as well. Like that's been a big part of my acting career. And so it is about playing and being present and and um and that's what you'd have to do in D D. You can't like go in with too much planned because you don't know what's gonna happen. You don't know what's gonna suddenly fall from the sky. You don't know what your dice is gonna do. So you have to play. And there within that there is this amazing freedom as an actor to be able to just go, sod it. I don't need to learn my lines. I just need my sheet in front of me and some <laughs> dice and let's play and let's just fully like enjoy being in this world. And so yeah, they I think you can't have D D without acting. Because, but I'm saying that because I'm an actor. You obviously can do D&D without acting <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> I also think it'd be cool to do a character sheet for a character you were playing. I'm Have so, any of you ever done that? Yeah, I think like to actually do that for the acting process, like just doing a character sheet would be amazing. It'd be really useful. Yeah, I've never done it. But I was like, huh. I'm going to do it for the next job I get. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, thank you all so much for your takes there on on acting. And um, I've told Ben this, but for, for, the, for the rest of your benefit, I've got some, some chops myself, if I do say so. Uh, I played... Uh, uh, Oliver, <laughs> the, the Oliver twist. Um, <laughs> tough role. Title role. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, title um, role. Yeah. Back, back in uh, secondary school, uh, maybe about fifteen years ago. <laughs> the question I, is, I peaked, I peaked is way love? too early. <laughs> <laughs> 
so uh, yeah, that that's we we've reached the limit of my of my acting credentials there. <laughs> uh, singing "Where Is Love," you know, mm. you know, feet away from your mum was uh you know was an experience i shan't shan't soon forget uh <laughs> was she on stage as well know, like, it, was, it was a weird setup uh we were i was on like a, a table like on the in front of the stage i think oh uh yeah it was quite like an immersive production <laughs> <laughs> i think i was just happy to be doing something i think at that point so i, was, <laughs> I, I was swinging my legs under the table and i got told to stop because i was singing like a it's a pretty sad song, right? So, <laughs> stop looking happy. For, for context, I was like, you know, young. I'm not young anymore. So, just, this wasn't like last year for anyone listening. Tradition, traditionally, Oliver is quite a young That's role. True. <laughs> yeah. Played it last year. I think the casting was a little less special. When, when I shave, I do knock off about ten years. But not no, quite. Absolutely, I'm not denying that you've got a very flexible age gap. It's fine. <laughs> So one thing I, I wanted to ask, and we, we've touched on it a little bit so far, but I wanted to go into it a little bit more detail is how do you think that your experience in your careers acting in real life has impacted or affected your performance at the table, as it were? And I know some of you have got some experience not for the podcast. And so maybe question 1B would be, is there any further differences between those two? Yes. Between between <laughs> absolutely D and D on a podcast and D and D not on a podcast. Um, well, so as a start for ten, right. if yeah. how your how your experience as yep. career actors has shaped your table play, mm-hmm. which yep. I hope isn't a, a, a term that I've now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that's what you were doing in a lot of Oliver Twist. Table play, <laughs> just Daniel on a oh, just ben a table, on it. swinging his legs. Yeah, I was actually the only chart. cast member. It was man on the Twist. Um, Oliver uh, and your mum was the only audience member. So <laughs> oh, cool. Still in the school hall though, so that Come was out. nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, if anyone, if anyone wants to take take the bait on that one, yeah, sure. Um, etiquette, I'd say, in so in terms of like, um, again, all loads of drama school memories are just floating through my mind right now. Um, um, serving the writer or serving the story. And also knowing what, um, one of the best exercises I ever did in terms of performances, what does the space need? And whilst in D&D, you don't really know what the overall story or outcome is going to be. You as a performer gain an instinct of knowing what does this need right now? Like you have your turn in combat to cast your spells and make a movement or when there's um, dialogue happening between characters, if you're not there or it doesn't really involve you, you know when to give people space. And if you know that someone wants to come in, you kind of give them that room. You, you kind of sense it out. It's kind of like an, an unspoken agreement that everyone acknowledges that, okay, this person needs this space to do this and and they have, they're gearing up to do something here. I can back off a little here. And I think being on online you're much more aware of it as there's of course like discrepancies between internet speeds and Mm. you're careful not to talk over each other because of editing so Mm. and also just balancing that in between and it's just it just kind of came to mind when grace put her hand up and like we still remember our manners (laughs) 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 even though we're like not physically in the same room so haven't really answered your question that well when you said how's your career affect your table play but it's kind of like again instincts um gained from yeah from working and mm. training i say 
for me at least mm. to, to follow on with that putting your hands up vibe there are of course no wrong answers so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is another this lesson is that comes space. from the acting industry yes. yes i remember a teacher ben and i had sonia she yeah. oh, what was it she used to say um there are no right answers like you'll always get it wrong didn't she mm. And the idea was like, just try it. It was sort of more encouraging. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, but the the idea was like trying anything is Mm -hmm. better than not doing anything. And your director's job is to sort of rein you in here, there and everywhere. And I think like as an actor, it's very like, yes, and there's a game where, you know, someone does it and someone says, yes, and this, yes, and this. And it sort of gets your brain in the right gear, doesn't it? To sort of... Mm be able to sort of see everything but then stay true to the like one cog that you have going round and and not be like you know if if Daryl's character's like let's go off in this direction not be like no unless you know it's a <laughs> it's a Gwen Kidu moment in which case they're they're sort of building on each other by sort of pulling apart but un- understanding that it might not be what you planned to do but you sort of you're like cool we're sort of it's sort of the law of improvisation. Yeah, it's like in D and D, there's kind of another level of it because there is conflict between characters. But it's you can't just say no, but you have to say no and a reason why. Mm. And mm. it's yes. kind of as long as it, no, it, the improv is developing and it's still like interesting to have that conflict and it's fun for us to play as well. Um, mm. So it's, yeah. yeah, it's taking it's taking that yes and to another level when it comes to D and D. Yeah, which is quite yeah. cool. Yeah. And like Daryl, like you said, sort of serving the story and serving the space rather than just what you want to do as a character. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, yeah. that what does the space need? Mm. I really like and it's something mm. I've struggled with articulating in such a way and that's a really good way of putting it to, to not only my players, but I've mentioned on previous episodes, like serving the story, what does the space need? Just knowing when is not the correct time because I guess there isn't really ever a correct time, but knowing when is the a good time to step back or when is there a good time mm-hmm. to be like, hey, these characters need some, some space. I'm just going to shut up and not just be like, I buy two flagons of ale. Okay, these two are trying to have a moment here. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. could you not? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so knowing that I think is a, yeah, a huge deal. So it's cool that you're saying that, you know, you guys are getting that in part from the experience you've had in acting. I actually just wanted to, just uh, as a thing, found being an actor a bit of a hindrance in my first ever D&D game because mm. I was so nervous. It was a game with some friends who had told me about D&D and I was just like, oh yeah, sure. And like, like you're an actor, you'll be good at it. And then in comes the mm. self-doubt and the, oh, I'm supposed to be good at this because I'm an actor and I've mm. got to be good at it. And, and I closed up at the table. Like I only played a f- couple of sessions of that campaign because I didn't. I I just felt so. Um, I felt the pressure of having to be good at it, mm. and like it, and they like nothing. Nobody else at the table was putting that pressure on me. It was me putting that pressure yeah. on me. Yeah. And um, so it's just. It actually took listening to some D and D podcasts to go. Oh, I can do anything. Oh, it doesn't <laughs> matter. Being wrong is just as fun and interesting as being right. And there is no, like. So, but like definitely at first, like those first couple of games, it just like, Mm. I was too much in my head because I was like, oh, well, I'm an actor. So this is going to reflect badly on me if I'm bad at this game. It's Mm. why actors are the worst like volunteers to have in a show. 
Like getting an actor on stage, you're like, oh god, do mm. I go for it and like, <laughs> or do I just like hold what do back? They want me to I get yeah, yeah, yeah. a persona for that now. Yeah. I've now got do my I kind of like, like a, I'm not an, an actor. audience member. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I guess for those who have played games outside of no small roles, have you found that experience different at all? And I guess the the easy answer, which I probably know, is yeah, of course, due to reasons being it's it's being recorded and whatnot but what about some of the nuances what about some of the smaller changes that might not be so obvious to people listening because often especially with you guys it's it's quite polished there's you know very few kind of gaps in in anything because we edit them out yeah. 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 I I definitely take no small roles much more seriously. And we were the last time we played David, I went away mm. and was like there's there's things I do in that in that mm. campaign that I was almost a bit like I need to take some of this spirit and put it into no small roles because I think mm. you know, it's a podcast and particularly as we've been really lucky to have some really lovely feedback. I I personally feel like, you know, there's a responsibility to remember what your character's doing and to sort of, to really sort of drive the story on. Whereas I play a minus two intelligence dragonborn barbarian (laughs) in the other campaign. And we were, we were fighting some Yeti a few weeks ago and it almost feels like there's no consequence. Like you're not being recorded. So if you say something, it just goes out into the ether um, whereas mm. with no small roles, there is a, there is a duty, isn't there, to sort of drive the story on. And it, I mean, mm. it's not that it's not fun, but you, I do feel like there is a responsibility, which I think is nice because I do need to take, take it more seriously because <laughs> I can't, I can't bumble around with minus two intelligence as Juna. But I, I was, I've been thinking a lot about that recently. So it was a very poignant question for me. Mm. It is, yeah. It's true though. I, I feel like. Compared to the two games, uh, the prep work that I do going into like the home game is a lot less. Like I'm not worried if I can't remember a character voice. I'm not worried if it doesn't quite make sense to something that's happened beforehand. Whereas like the character prep, it's not a huge amount. There's too many too many NPCs for one DM to think about. But the character prep that goes into the podcast, like I'm actually making notes about, which I don't for the home games. Um, <laughs> So that kind of like like an actor prepares moments, yeah. There is a lot more of it that goes in, like you say, Vicky, because there's again, it's it's really fun. I quite happily spend my entire life just planning mm. NPCs. It's, it's just no really indelible, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. And it's for other people, not just exactly. for yourself. Yeah. I'm aware that we're there to have fun, uh, but that other people are going to be following it as well. So there needs to be some some consistency for them. Yeah. Yeah. I just I think that yeah like I've played in a, a a few other like games and campaigns and stuff like outside of this and like I've DM'd one for a little bit of time and I think like with no small roles I think it is much more when we're playing this game because, partly because of the style of the players but also I think a lot because it's podcast and we're aware that it's being put, um, you know being put out and it's a story and all of that like it does feel much more I think story sort of driven and role play driven than some of the other games where you can be like let's just go and bash up some monsters for four hours and roll some dice and you know have a laugh and that's fine like and that's really fun um and i think no small roles we're much more aware of like character all the time much more aware of sort of plot much more aware of um that thing we were saying earlier about daryl like you're saying 
like giving everyone the space that they need and sort of all of that. And like, okay, this is a really nice scene. So really want to make sure that this scene plays out sort of nicely for the for an audience point of view as well. So I think there's there's lots of other considerations, I think, like that that you take on when you're when we're doing like a no small roles episode compared with this uh Let's roll some dice. (laughs) It's like we're all kind of taking a bit more responsibility for the story together. It's not, I feel like it's not so much on the DM's shoulders as it might be in another game, but like we're, because we all have to be like in it and present, we're all thinking about keeping an eye on things and, and take it like, you know, really taking in character names and stuff because it's important. And I kind of have been really enjoying that and want to take some of that back to Mm. my more home games and actually... Mm be more attentive because it's really fun the more you get into it and the story we're all building together it's like mm. it's bloody cool yeah yeah, <laughs> mm. yeah i think that's the difference between doing it for a podcast doing it in a home game and also being an actor in either of those situations just make mm. it um everyone here is like the answers that everyone just gave now they're all like aware of an audience, do you know what I mean? Whether that audience is themselves because they enjoy investing in that story or the fact that, oh, what I do and say, someone's going to listen to that and, you know, I have to make this enjoyable for them. Whereas um, people, I don't want to speak for everyone who is not an actor. Most people who play D&D are actors and they're playing a game rather than they're telling a story. This made me think of the last Mm. um, session I DM'd, I was running a module and even though I had this intricate plot that the adventure gave, like one character just wanted to romance the quest giver and the other person wanted to preach their religion. And it was fun. It was bonkers. And I realized, not not thinking like, have I been spoiled by No Small Rose? Like by getting to play the really rich, involving story? Or have I forgotten that D&D is essentially a game and these guys are just getting what they want to get out of it? And we, mm. we can still have fun that way. I don't know. It's just a quick one. Just like to bring it back to your first question, mm. Danilo, about what do we bring as a performer to it? What do we bring from our p- career mm. into it? I think, Daryl, you're absolutely right. Like an awareness of audience. And I think it's probably no coincidence that all of us have met doing open air Shakespeare in pub gardens mm-hmm. where you're performing not to like Shakespeare and aficionados who sit there because, you know, they love every single Shakespeare play and, you know, can recite all the speeches backwards, but are there to have a good time. And like, it's really an interactive show with the audience, the the stuff that Open Bar puts on. Mm. And I think you just have to have like an understand, like an audience awareness performing in that kind of show. And I think that... And as, as the as the person who's employed you all to do that, like what, <laughs> what everyone in No Small Roles has is that ability to do that, which is why they got those jobs in the first place. Because <laughs> you have to, when you've got, you know, Tony, whose wife Sandra's dragged him down to watch some Shakespeare with the promise of a pint in the middle of it. You, or three. Or three. Yeah, or three. Or three. Um, yeah. Like you say, Ben, you've got... you've kind of got to have that sadistic side of you where you kind of know that it all could really crumble at any given moment yeah yeah and embrace that yeah to yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you want to push push that line right up to crumbling point yeah. and go okay that's all right we'll take it back now we'll take it back yeah. walk on the cliff edge yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's an interesting thing you mentioned there, Vicky, about 
in your in the other game you mentioned that you play a character with minus two intelligence and how that you could say directs to use terminology yeah, yeah. that you might be familiar with um so my question to that and this is a this is a deliberately a loaded question because uh, i'm going to be splitting the party but it's <laughs> baby david and the rest of you <clears throat> i love splitting the party by saying do you feel that your character sheets provide you direction which now i say it out loud sounds kind of stupid but if you can kind of meet me halfway and understand what i'm getting at in that like if it's minus two you know that's going to drastically change how i act or change how you approach that role and then i'm a fan of follow-up questions it would appear uh, obviously david you don't have that i would know as a, a dm not necessarily you don't typically build full character sheets for that you might have ideals blonde bonds flaws a and lot stuff, of the but... time he does i've received character sheets from david for oh well then that, that's you, we've answered that question ahead of time then because there's there's the answer so i guess to, yeah, yeah. To, to everybody then how do you how do you feel that your character sheet in of itself as a thing unique to D affects how you portray the role i oh i i i don't know if this is a conscious decision of mine but when we definitely when we started no small roles, I was using the stats of my character sheet to help define the performance of my character. Like I'm looking at it right now because it's it's always within <laughs> um, arms reach of my desk. Um, like um, Enkidu's character, um, his highest stat is charisma, and I remember there was a scene where Gaius, played by Chris, who's not with us today, um, and Enkidu were chatting to two or three young women in a pub and <laughs> i thought well i've got charisma i've got i'm a warlock i should put on some charm and i had an attempt of that it's weird i do it does inform a little bit of it i don't i'm not i don't have to no one told me i have to but some part of me is wanting to use that as a framework to ha- to shape in my performance of my character mm-hmm. yeah definitely i i haven't really found myself sitting on one side of the fence or the other i obviously obviously people make characters they want to play uh you know to a certain if you want to play a strong dude you plumb all your points into strength okay fine if you want to play an intelligence wizard you plumb all your points into intelligence okay that that makes sense but in terms of for charisma characters being the face of the party that always to me is something i don't like to lean into too much because mm. it's not almost f- for the sake of it so i i probably go swing too much in the other direction especially in one campaign i played in semi-recently i was very much uh kind of like an edgy bard in that i was like no i don't want to i don't want to talk to anybody <laughs> and the rest of the players are like oh go pushing me to the front i'm like nah i'm, psh, I'm doing my own thing i'm, I'm like vibing over here in the corner i don't, don't want to talk to anybody so it, it's i think that, that's always such a such a tricky and yeah line even walk. with a high charisma i'm sure your bard probably got a lot of attention <laughs> yeah just because you were being cool and standoffish everyone's mm. like oh he's so charismatic like a, like a celeb wearing sunglasses and a hat yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. <laughs> uh what, what about the rest of you? Do you have you found that your character sheets provide a, a certain level of direction or or do you a bit like yeah. myself try to do the opposite no i definitely i definitely find like it provides a sense of direction as well and i, I always kind of enjoy the the kind of playing into the low stat a little bit mm-hmm. as well with it like What's the what's your lowest stat? Like, how does what does that say about your character as well? The bit that they're not good at. <laughs> like, 
you're you're building these heroes and these people who are you know super strong or super intelligent or super dexterous or you know whatever but they've they've got to have flaws as well otherwise they're not i don't think they're they're interesting mm-hmm. otherwise or they're not as interesting certainly um and certainly again for leaning into a podcast like i think you know you want to you want to explore flaws and all of that so with with Oren in particular like charisma is his lowest stat <laughs> like he's not charismatic um at all um and you know, I've played like warlocks and stuff in the past, and like enjoyed leaning into the charisma a bit more. And like, I play a charismatic bard rogue combo in a different campaign, and then I quite like with Orin that he's he's just not good at that <laughs> at all. Uh, and that's sort of I think become quite a key sort of defining characteristic for him. Really, I just was going to say it's really fun. Not necessarily just playing, but hearing a character try to do something they're really bad at. It's like <laughs> it's so satisfying to yeah. to sort of like be like, oh god! Like there's a great moment that is coming up that I'm sure will have aired by the time this comes out, where Gwen and Orin are having to make a decision on something, and it's just the two of them. <laughs> Uh, which also doesn't give any spoilers if anyone hasn't watched this particular episode. And there's something so joyful as the two characters that that aren't the ones to necessarily jump into the, we're going this way, we're going that way, and sort of see see how that plays out. It's really, really fun, I think, as a sort of listener. Yeah, like our character like sheets can give us building blocks to like use and have fun with like it's it's a fun way of kind of building your character is going okay well what did the dice tell me that my character is okay that's interesting I'm gonna use this build to inform this part of their personality and stuff and or it's going to inspire like for example like you deciding to go against um certain stats like it's inspired you to do something different like okay that's Mm. what it is but I'm gonna Mm. twist that and like I think that's Mm really fun like what Vicky was saying like the idea of making a character sheet for a a character we were playing in a play is really useful because it just gives us more to play with like Mm. building blocks that can be manipulated and like play-doh but um rather than just having a blank canvas and not knowing where to start you've got you've got things to help you Mm. yeah Mm. I think the other thing with that as well just to pick up on that Grace is like with skills and things like that all leads to that can all be a source of character building as well so if you're like oh actually i want to i want this character to be really stealthy and then you kind of go like okay his proficiency is in stealth and then you go why is his proficiency in Mm. stealth like Mm. that Mm. leads to an interesting question in your character creation to go okay so is this something because of his I don't know, because of his background or because of his size or because of how he walks or, or, or what is it like? Or because he only wears slippers. I don't know. Like, <laughs> was, you it definitely can lead should to make like... that character Ben who always <laughs> wears slippers. Just wears slippers so he's proficient in stuff. He doesn't he's even know why he's so stealthy. It's just because he's wearing slippers. He's like, I just woke up to people. No one's I there. I a backseat that wears slippers and that makes a lot of sense now. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Tabaxi don't need shoes, do they? She does. I'll have to tell you all about her sometime. She's got an in-depth backstory. (laughs) Is she very stealthy, though, Grace, is the question. She is so stealthy. And she wears a lot of knitted things. It's her slippers. Slippers. I think she packs her knitting needles separately. (laughs) Yeah. I do think it's uh, it's interesting that even with, like, even if you were to use your stats as a, a building block for how to describe your character not just in a mechanical sense but in like a backstory and a uh 
a sort of a personality sense. The thing is, is that like the six basic stats, there are so many different directions that you can go in just off of those anyway. Mm. Like somebody who's got a really high intelligence doesn't necessarily mean that they are incredibly educated. Mm. Like in the same way, like it's not that they've gone to to college and university and like spent thousands of years studying like the the depths of the arc. They might have just been really intelligent streetwise, and they've got like a you know they've 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 learnt things from people from talking to people rather than from studying in books. Like that's mm. a very rushed uh, example, uh, but like they can be used. All of these things can mm. be used as mm. building blocks, but. There's still so much choice in that, in and of each one anyway. So you're not mm. necessarily tied to an exact number. Like a more simplistic like, would be like yeah. uh, a heavyweight lifter versus a ballerina. They're both really hella strong, mm. but yeah. in very different yeah, yeah. ways. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that's that. And I mentioned that a lot of newer players don't often appreciate might be there. and But on the same breadth, you know, it can act as a crutch is maybe a too negative of a word but a, a you know a supporting thing to say well, i don't know what the hell this game is let me just read these numbers and and, and kind of go from there but uh mm-hmm. one thing you mentioned ben about playing to your weaknesses is something i'm super 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 keen and, and fond on and i love and it's it's it i would say it uh makes the character have more humanity but of course that's a bit species specific within dnd so seem uh, be more rounded i guess is uh, <laughs> the species agnostic way of doing it um and a short campaign i was just playing in we had a necromancer wizard in the party who had garbage uh, charisma <laughs> and wisdom for that matter um and we we just ended a small like hamlet and there had been a murder by allegedly some undead horrors during the night and there's a bunch of towns guard and people outside been like oh I'm crying I'm sad someone's died usual kind of stuff um mm-hmm. and probably surprising that i was in oliver with that performance <laughs> <laughs> but uh this uh this necromancer just walked up and was like what's happening with the body then guys and the rest of us are just like <laughs> why why would you why would you do that and he just turned around like just completely poker face the rest of us in real life and was like because i've got you know I, I don't know how to talk to people and i want to <laughs> resurrect that body so <laughs> body here and no one else is using it yeah, um. yeah it's, it's this free real estate it's just <laughs> uh so yeah that that led to its really own kind of unique interactions with the town guard and like the grieving family mm. and all that kind of stuff so that's something i super super recommend it's all it's all too tempting <laughs> to build a mary sue uh when it yeah. comes to yeah. when, when you have that yeah. unlimited power of building the character you want to build so talking of uh acting and uh how you bring that to the table and how you perform at the table what recommendations would you have and this might be another tricky question for people who are potentially less comfortable with getting in character at the table so people who aren't actors Mm -hmm. people who are maybe uh you know slightly shyer slightly less self-confident but have turned up to play the game as with everybody else and are still a bit like you were mentioning earlier on grace in a similar vein a a kind of expected to perform Mm. what what, what, what would your thoughts be on that and maybe your recommendation to those in that situation um first establish that the place that you're playing is a safe place 
Thank you, Vicky Gaskin. Um, a safe place. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, ra- no. I ran a show called Safe Place, so I'm yeah. always like, Conting. <laughs> um, but yeah, acknowledge that the the places that you're playing in is safe. No one's going to judge you. Uh, you're among friends. And for characters, imagine the person that you wish you were or wish you could be and try and go for that. Because I've... I, the first time I played D&D... <laughs> <laughs> the guys I was playing with were very clearly free of any social inhibitions in that game. And it, I was like, what is this? <laughs> what are you doing? No, we can't do this. Oh, never mind. Um, but yeah, like if you're, maybe if you're underconfident, like think about the person you wish you were and try and bring them to life. And then later on down the line, realize that person is you the whole time. Oh, I wish we were at time so I could end the podcast there. (laughs) Daryl will say something profound later. It's fine. Yeah, Yeah, I've got them in in fortune cookies. Let me just. (laughs) I I would buy those. I think, like, if I was not an actor and wanting to put together a character, like, I would recommend to somebody, like, to draw inspiration maybe from their favourite film or their favourite book or something like that to go, do you know mm. what, I, I like this character or this character's interesting, like um, that they could go, hey, I'm, that's going to be my base. That's where I'm going to start. I like, And whether it's like, because everyone can do a silly voice, like if they wanted to do, or an impression of someone. Uh, and like they could, like if there was a film that they liked and they were like, oh yeah, I can do an impression of that person. Maybe I'll use that as my starting block and then I'll develop it further like to kind of just give yourself something fun to start with Mm. like something that is familiar territory so that it doesn't feel too like you out of your depth and something you can connect to but also something that will give you the freedom to build something new and have fun with and I do think like even though I know accents and voices are not for everyone and I don't think that they're necessary I like doing them because and especially for a podcast it makes it much clearer for our listeners to know (laughs) if it's Grace speaking or Gwendolyn Although right now my voice sounds a lot like Gwendolyn, so maybe not. Um, but like, it can also be a way to kind of help you get out of your own inhibitions, like to kind of help you, like even if it's just like, oh, I'm doing a little bit more of a different voice, or or I'm just speaking a bit higher, and that's the way that I'm going to try and feel like it's not just me, because then you can be like, okay, it's the character, like the character is talking. I don't have to worry about me. Grace saying something stupid because my character might say something stupid and that's fine and that's good and hopefully that would I don't know that would be my recommendation for somebody who felt a bit more shy about the role play Mm. sort of thing kind of start with something that's familiar to you and build on it and give you ways to feel comfortable that it's not you that's being judged and your character's not being judged either to like allow yourself to play and be free and to make mistakes like Falling over is one of the most important things in acting, and I think it's one of the most important mm. things in role play. Is let let yourself fall over because you can get back up again. Mm. Mm. I'd actually almost say, like picking up on that, Grace, like try and push the character away from you a little bit if you can, because having a little bit of separation almost between the character and you might be a nice way of being like, okay, well, if, the, if I say something stupid as the character, that's the character being stupid. Like. That's not me. Like we're completely different. Like, yeah. Um, it, it might might help some people, or some people might want to play something that feels sort of similar to them and sort of close to them. Um, I think the other thing that I'd say that's quite a useful little 
thing to think about is also describing like what your character does a little bit, like a little bit in third person as well. If you don't feel comfortable like breaking down in tears at a table, you know, or or whatever, you can say she then does this and like she screams in frustration and throws her axe through the window. Like you don't have to like actually scream in frustration and hit someone <laughs> next to you out of the table. Like uh, please don't actually start, hit visit. anybody at the table. That would be <laughs> yeah, no, don't hit anyone at the table again with a safe space. Uh, um, <laughs> but yeah, that might just help people kind of get uh, you know, into the mindset of their character without feeling that they have to physically like embody everything themselves immediately. Mm. That's a good point, Ben. Like, it doesn't all have to be like voiced as your character. Like, yeah, you can drop into um, third person and say she. You can even sort of stay in character and be like, I would like to do this, and like talk like that and describe it in that way. That yeah, you're still you're still role playing. You're still enjoying the game. You're still controlling that character and being that character. Uh, there are just there's so many different ways to express that. Mm. If you're worried, if you are worried about the performance aspect, I think as well there are characters that if I I think inevitably if you are playing a character in D and D, you will grow to love that character and enjoy playing them. Um, mm. But I think like like there are like for example um, the character I play in David's other campaign, which is a dragonborn barbarian with very low intelligence. For a beginner, that's quite a good character to take on because you can kind of, you don't have to worry too much about leading the party in decisions and your sort of, your focus can go on, well, how does my character sort of feel about this? And they're sort of dragged through a bit. And my natural energy is to jump in and go, let's do this. But there's something quite <laughs> nice about playing that character that sits back and is like just sort of led and she, yeah, she sort of goes over here and says the wrong answer. And it's sort of, there's something quite freeing about that. And I think if if someone was really feeling anxious about playing a character to maybe choose a character that that does stand back a bit to just sort of break them in. And then, you know, your stats go up as you level up. That's the beauty of leveling up, isn't it? You can go, oh, well, you know, I might do this subclass that gives them a bit more of this, or I, I might take this feat. And as you sort of grow to know the game, you can sort of building block on what is essentially sort of a child character and sort of mm. grow out from there. Yeah, they have a story arc. You don't know necessarily where that arc is going to go, but it's building and developing and 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 like so there's so many different approaches to mm. having these things, but it's also remembering that this is a collaborative game. It's yeah. never going to just be like folk the spotlight constantly on you. It's you, you it role playing like making sure that if you're worried about role playing then ask another character a question like draw them into your conversation to mm, like yeah. and also like as players who are more confident whether somebody's less confident at the table draw them into your conversation give them an opportunity to role play if they're not feeling like up to the moment like give them something to work with. I think that's being very generous as a team and, and as a party is, is something that I think helps all round for the role play and those who aren't so confident with the acting. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, trust in the process. Just adding on to what both Vicky and Grace are saying, especially when Vicky said uh, about a child, like when you start a campaign or a session, you are a child, you and your character. You both know literally nothing. Um, you know what you want to do and what you can do, what maybe you want to do in the future, but the world around you, you might not know 
a lot. And you're going to be asking the DM and other um, players loads of questions about where do we go from here and what's going on in that place over there. And as you play, if you're in the campaign, as you play more games, you learn more about the world, you get an idea of what you as a player want to get out of this game and what your character is going towards. Like you both grow from there. Mm. Um, and yeah, trusting that process and just losing yourself in the game, you just try school week. Try training wheels will come off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, was, I was mentally preparing for another profound moment and it came. There's an irony there in, in character development, I think, of to, to put a nice little bow in it of what I started this question with of people coming to the character and feeling a bit like, ah, I'm, I'm boxed in and everyone's expecting, expecting on me, but to, to basically tie in what you guys have said that in in fact the opposite is true it's an opportunity to to be free and to live mm -hmm. somewhere else and, mm -hmm. and to not and to completely forget about any boxes and walls and pressures and to to be to do the complete opposite thing mm -hmm. yeah it's the ultimate escapism isn't it mm -hmm. like particularly at the moment when all we can do is be mm -hmm. on zoom you can get lost <laughs> in tillisham or wherever you know and mm. be someone completely different yeah so i i have, I have a one of my primary campaigns, um, my character in that is a barbarian paladin, primarily barbarian. But it, one of the reasons I chose that was to basically have the evening off versus DM. Uh -huh. <laughs> hey, I'm just going to sit down and I'm just going to come along for the ride. Yeah. And he's not like stupid. He's just, you know, you know, he's got a very strong moral code, funnily enough. But it's it's just that this is my evening off. I'm going to have a few beers and not have to just freak out anytime anyone asks me a question and I have to go, <laughs> oh God, how is this NPC going to react? <laughs> and then on the other hand, I also play a high intelligence wizard who nicely fills in the other half of my personality of being a very arrogant, holier than thou, uh, <laughs> know it all, uh, which is my, you know, my way to, to get that out of our system. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my day-to-day -day interactions of actual human beings, I, I kind of sit in the middle. <laughs> um, so we, 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 we talked briefly there. I think Grace, you mentioned about voice acting, um, which is a form of acting. I, believe um yeah. i and, and you mentioned briefly there about you know it not being a mandatory thing and again it's similar to just f physical acting for lack of a better term at the table so w what are your thoughts on that and not to put anyone in an awkward position of saying like it's it's better when people aren't comfortable about it but i, I just really wanted to get your guys gauge on it a because i know you guys do them um and do them rather well um, obviously mine end up tend to being uh, generic gruff man C <laughs> uh, there is a real place for that in Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> oh yeah absolutely, oh, yeah. absolutely. Uh, they, my, my party members have met so many generic gruff men it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it doesn't even I've lost, lost, lost count um, funnily enough the generic gruff women sound quite similar unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I don't know what your guys' takes are on, on, on voice acting, on how to maybe, if people want to flex that muscle a bit more, how can they approach that if they if it's something they want to do, but again, maybe aren't quite there yet, uh, and how you feel it impacts the game as a narrative thing. <laughs> well, David said to us when we did our session zeros, which ended up being episode one and two, mm -hmm. he said, for that, if you want to try an accent, do it. It doesn't mean you have to do it 
And that was really lovely because I wasn't yeah. sure whether I wanted to have a like like a, a Juno voice. Mm. But it because he was like, you know, you don't you don't have to commit to it. You, you can just give it a go. And I think you sort of you get to know sometimes it's right, sometimes it's not right. And for me, I was like, oh yeah, this is Juno's voice, but equally it might not have been. But it was nice mm. to go, just try it for one. Or like if you were someone who was a bit more like, oh God, I'm going to try this accent. It might come out complete rubbish. But to, you know, maybe say like, today I'm going to try a voice. <laughs> it might go well, it might not. And just sort of flag it up. And then if you start doing a voice and fade it out halfway through the session, no one's going to be like, what is going on with that character? Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. you know, it's all part of the building on the story stuff, isn't it? And mm. Yeah. For me, like the first D and D game I ever played with David Diem, and um, and I made a Wood Elf Ranger Perrin, who I love. <laughs> um, but like, I remember in the first session, like he didn't have a voice or anything at all. I was like, mm, "What? We have to do voices as well?" Like, uh-uh. and everyone else, everyone else was like much more experienced, like role players and D and D players. It felt like, or most people were, apart from me and Sarah, like knew what they were doing. And everyone suddenly, like Chris was there doing his like Obi Wan Kenobi voice, and oh, yeah. Vicky was suddenly like busting out voice. I had a thick cod Spanish accent. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's this sort of juggling, knife-throwing kind of uh, dwarf. Am I right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but then I remember in the second, I think it was the second session maybe, I was just like, he's going to be West Country. Like, just, just go big, broad West Country kind of voice. And I just remember, for me, like, I just started enjoying the character so much more because it just suddenly felt separate and sort of like it was a, uh, a quick route into kind of creating a bit of a character that then hopefully has sort of deepened a bit and sort of developed a bit as it's gone along. But it was it was a, a helpful shortcut to start off. But I do think, as, as Grace says, like, you don't need... A, you don't, you don't have to, but, like, it also doesn't have to be... You don't have to be good at accents or anything like that. If you just are like, okay, actually, he... Uh, I don't know, talks in the third person or mm-hmm. he's a little bit... Talks faster than me or slower than me or whatever it is. Like, just a little something... I just think is mm. is a nice way of just differentiating and just helps helps you get into it a little more, I find. Yeah. Helps you think, like, for example, if you're having a conversation, like, say, you're talking about what you're going to do next. If you start having that conversation as you, the player, you can kind of get a bit metagamey. Whereas if you're mm. doing it a bit more in character, then it's easier to access, like, thinking oh, what would my character do? Okay, uh, my character would say this, so I'm going to say that. And that, and rather than kind of overthinking it too much, you can kind of access being in your character a bit better. Like doing a voice can help that. It can really help you get into that. If you're looking for a kind of crutch to how do I get into my character, then giving them a voice is something really useful. I mean, for us, like obviously we're a podcast, so having clear different voices is just useful for our listeners and it's also more interesting Mm -hmm. I think as well but for home games it can just be like in in our other home game uh, within um, that we do with our circus uh, my whole character was based off the accent because I am a very charming gnome bard and obviously my surname is Jones because I am Gregor Jones and like the whole character came from that voice so but I wouldn't have had it any other way. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's one, Love him. one good friend of mine who was the one I mentioned uh, that 
I started playing D&D with and his anytime he starts a new character the rest of us at the table you could have collectively just hold our breath for what <laughs> wonderful voice he is going to grace us with <laughs> this this session um he does uh, a stellar Sean Connery <laughs> which is a very That's interesting to, to play opposite uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think something you said there Grace about uh, overthinking it that's something I personally do probably a little bit too much and I really need to get rid of that hang up of being like okay what do I what do I want to say in this situation rather than just letting it kind of it's just happening mm. in the moment mm-hmm. which I find easier to do as a dm because mm. I think the stakes are slightly lower with nine out of ten npcs in in a given campaign mm. rather than my my baby who's who's <laughs> yeah. you know who's got the stakes are through the roof because he doesn't want to die so yeah. <laughs> but generic shopkeeper a he can be as flippant as he wants and no one... <laughs> mm. well yeah i was gonna i was gonna say like for especially f- from a dm perspective like it is worth having like ideas of different voices for different characters but ultimately as long as you're you're talking as them, like the players will completely understand what you're saying. And if you happen to sound like the same guy from two towns over, like it's not an issue. It's, Mm. um, if anything, it can be quite funny. We had a a situation where um, a few episodes ago, the whole party decided to go to a posh house that I hadn't really prepared. Um, And uh, the, the, the housemaid came out and she was West Country. Uh, because that's how she was talking, and uh, apparently all housekeepers are West Country <laughs> now. Uh, like basically, I fell back on a different housekeeper that we- they'd already met a few episodes ago before that. <laughs> so now it's a thing that housekeepers sound with a West Country voice. Um, doesn't help, of course, that the West Country accent when Juna starts talking is so addictive. Uh, it's really hard to like fight against it. But yeah, yeah something for, I struggled with <laughs> for all of those like on the fly characters. It really doesn't matter as long as you've got mm. the right the the attitude of that character. Mm. Any voice, could, like you can you can slap anything on it, and mm. and everyone at the table is going to have a good time. Mm. Yeah, I think something Ben mentioned about the the almost the mannerisms, the foibles, are mm. probably more important than you know how they yeah how how they approach the party, how they you know the words they use maybe they have a phrase maybe they end each sentence mm. with like yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> in it yeah, in it, yeah. <laughs> maybe they don't pronounce their t's like yeah me. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and if you're if you're struggling to like make a decision about those things like fall back on what does the character want mm. because say mm. it's a sneaky character uh like uh, again coming from like an npc perspective like if they're trying to approach the party in like a, a hushed way, they're probably going to be talking a little bit softer. Like mm. they're not going to be walking up to it and be like, "Hello, how's it going? I've mm. got crime." <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know. I want to meet that in DC now. I've got red crime. I've got blue crime. <laughs> <laughs> crime you want? I've got all the crime. Yeah, going quick. <laughs> so yeah, like having an idea of like uh, uh, from a, a from a player perspective, like an idea of mm. what it is that your character wants altogether, yeah. can kind or of like inform... Trimmed was such a show off, and so he had a really yeah. showy offy voice, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So yeah, like it can it can help guide how your character mm. sounds. 
Yeah, that's, there's so many things to play with. There's accent, there's softness, there's speech pattern. Mm. There, there's mm. so much uh, t- vocal tics, like Ben and was saying. tempo as well. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Like, the characters that really, really, really they fast. use, like maybe they use lots of big words. Um, maybe they use, like, maybe they just say like one word at a time. And re- like, <laughs> there's so much to play with. It's not just accent. Mm. Mm. The other thing is like, just, just picking up just slightly on the back of that is like that, that, it's a slightly improv thing of like just sort of lean into any happy accents if you start saying something as a character and it's like not at all what you thought it was going to be and it's all gone a bit wrong and sounds like it's come out weird like okay maybe that's how the character yeah. do it again that's what they <laughs> yeah. do like they they say things in a certain way or like you know they get things certain things wrong and like that can become a little character yeah. trait that like they don't know the meaning of two different words or something or you know or they get you know uh, get things in a muddle, like lean into it. If something comes along, embrace it. Yeah, the it. best ideas can come from mistakes. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. And and it kind of comes back to a previous question. Like, I think one of the things from being performers is that we, like when people laugh at us, it like fuels us to go further. <laughs> and I think, you know, it's, it's, you sort of forget that if you're not a performer, that fear of people laughing at you can be quite inhibiting. And it's almost like if everyone's laughing at what you're doing, do it more. Like that's sort of your <laughs> your roadmap to, to where to go rather than what to sort of pull away from. Mm. Yeah, my uh, my friend Jamie, who featured on the mistakes episode in that episode, he, he put it quite well in that D&D is a series of mistakes like happy happy accidents mm. like the yeah, whole the whole yeah. game is pretty much <laughs> be, be it on part of the dm be it on part yeah. of the players or the npcs like it's it's a series of unfortunate events strung <laughs> yeah. into some compelling narrative by <laughs> the, the the will of the ether um <laughs> and the dice the dice yeah. are a huge part of that like yeah. bring it back to what david said earlier like if you fail like you're a super charismatic character and you roll a one like you know again lean into that like yeah. What have you said? What's this massive clangor you've just dropped into that conversation that's like killed the conversation <laughs> dead or like, you know, embrace embrace the failure. Mm. That's, a, that's a, a very excellent segue into my next thought, which is, of course, one of the skills in the fifth edition character sheet is performance. And mm. I wanted to get your temperature on whether that skill is like loaded in a certain way for you guys i'm struggling to you know put it in a way that makes sense but obviously to to us regular folk in you know (laughs) sat behind a computer for eight hours a day um it's it's it kind of it feels it falls in the milieu of all the other of you know i'm no more an acrobat than i am a performer i'm no more a weightlifter than i am bear grills um but obviously you your, your profession is performance so I wanted to know whether that had any kind of, yeah, just, just extra connotations there that other people might not be aware of. It's made me terrified to ever play a bar. <laughs> 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 I feel like the pressure is, would be enormous, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> there's, another, th- there's another character I play who is terrible at performance. And as a performer, it's almost like a real like relish. So this is this sort of thick character and she was told a joke by a depressed clown so her version of humor was insulting people and you know like there's it's almost like like going away from some like 
our job is performing, but our character's performance is terrible, but then they're trying to perform. There's sort of almost like a sick thrill out of <laughs> leaning into the rubbish stats, like what Ben was saying earlier. I don't know if that answers the question, but that just was my thought that came into my head. Yeah, there's more stakes as well because you're yeah. not performance, performing to put on the show and like it's a routine. Like we did this show tonight and we'll be back tomorrow night and the night after and we get paid and we go on tour and there's an audience that love it. Usually you put on a performance because I know your mates need to sneak around the back or something. So there are stakes to it. So of course you're going to be yeah. terrified yeah. when the Dan goes, you want to do what? Make a performance check and you're like, oh no. Because <laughs> 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 you know what happens. You know what the stakes are if you yeah. fail. And it's, a, it's another it's another check it's another game mechanic rather than it for me at least rather than it being loaded with well this is where i inject myself into this one check and make yeah. you do or die is <laughs> again like ben said it's a the dice are a much bigger factor than any trait i could bring to that if that makes sense mm -hmm. and it's yeah. like our job as actors is like professional lying essentially but that doesn't mean that actors are good liars right. in yeah. their yeah. real life. Yeah. Or are we? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what yeah, to believe anymore, guys. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even our real names, any of these. I do think there is a slight like, like suggestion, perhaps, that uh, the performance skill kind of refers to, maybe it's just me, like a musical performance. Mm -hmm. Like, but again, because it seems to be a lot of bards that, well, like you associate it with bards that then sort of that then follows through that maybe there's there's probably an instrument involved or singing or something but yeah like daryl says like the performance can be anything like mm. the can but it can just be a full distraction like that doesn't have to be a deception or a persuasion or anything like that mm -hmm. can be a performance mm. yeah so yeah like i feel like in real life people are performing in a lot more capacities yeah. and they necessarily realize yeah and so like yeah having that moment in game of a performance especially when it's not tied to i'm on a stage i'm commanding a crowd i mean that crowd yes. can literally be two guards whilst your friends sneak around the back mm. it's uh there are actually a lot more uses to to the idea of performance than than are like yeah inherently biased in it mm-hmm mm -hmm. Just, just from as I said, my my office day job. Sometimes dealing mm. with uh, colleagues mm. requires a certain <laughs> level of uh, yeah. performance. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, anyone that's got like a a call center job, like yes. that, is pure performance. Yeah. Trying to sound yeah. like you're interested in this person's problems, like. <laughs> <laughs> but also in the context of D and D, like I guess it can come into all sorts of different ways. Like if you're a really skilled sword. Smith, that's not a word, is it? Sword swordsman. User. Swordman. swordsman. 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 Yeah. Swordsman. Swordsman. Yeah. Swordsman. Swords person. Somebody makes swordsmith. Is it someone who makes, makes swords? swords? Yeah. No, 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 someone who's good with swords. Yeah. He's a swordsman. Sword wielder. Sword 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 person. Sword proficient. So if you're really skilled sword swallower. <laughs> swallower. Oh my gosh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's some um, weird table play I don't want to get into. Oh <laughs> but um, if you're really good with a sword, <laughs> um, like, fix this in post, it's fine. Oh, no, we won't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then um, the, the performance could be like, I put on a dazzling performance with my sword. Mm -hmm. and, and then your DM's like, roll performance. Like, it doesn't have to be, I sing a song and now actually sing a song at the table or, you know. 
actually do a dance or whatever it is, play the ukulele. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I always try to lean on the lesser used skills more for those kind of situations. So I think in my game, mm-hmm. one of my players who's a bugbear, so it's a he's a big gross monster dude. Oh my um, gosh. Tr- tries his best. He, he wears a hood. Um, <laughs> he was he was pretending to sneak into a masquerade party at the front gate of the guard by pretending to be like uh the charity for bugbears against adventurers kind of thing <laughs> like knock knock we're knocking on your door can you let us in we, we know we know the, the the owner of this mansion's like mega rich so we want to come and try and get some of his patronage and and that, that was a, that was a prime example there of i think of using uh, mm. sounds super modest but uh, of using performance there as, as mm. there wasn't even all rating it was professional lying as you said <laughs> yeah and of course there's always where you mix up skills with the the ability that they're not innately linked with so mm, instead of performance charisma yeah, yeah. you could do performance dexterity for maybe your swordsmanship dancing smithery uh might <laughs> oh my god performance <laughs> yeah the classic swordsmanship we've all been to those performances <laughs> um okay so i don't know if anyone had any other kind of burning thoughts or kind of nuggets of wholesome insight that anybody had on the, on the topic of acting within D&D hmm, hmm. Oh, if we've we've mined your wholesome insight nuggets <laughs> to the <laughs> I was going to say Daryl any more wisdom for us I've got I've got a little one yeah, go like on if I if I may and I think it's I think it was one of my improv teachers who who said this and I'm um, apologies to whichever one it was that said it but they said like that I just think is useful. Like, listen like a thief. Like, listen, which is something in improv. You're like, you're looking for the little game and you're looking for the little nuggets and stuff. And I think that's something that's, like, useful also to think about in D&D. Like, listen like a thief. Like, what what's the other character saying that you can kind of pick up on and, like, use or ask question about or, you know, develop in some way? Yeah, that's my little nugget. As as a, I encourage that, but as a DM, that scares me. No. Having the players listen to every single word. Mm. Yeah, yeah, maybe not to your DM, <laughs> <laughs> and certainly when they're not talking in character, don't do that. That's mean. Uh, don't be like, well, actually, last session you said uh, <laughs> you said there were three goldfish. Now there's only two. So <laughs> where's the third goldfish gone, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> We've got to find out what's happened to the goldfish. There's a whole there's a whole plot about the goldfish. You're like, no, I just forgot how many goldfish there were. I'm sorry. <laughs> Now that that is professional line having to do that to your players. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any, anything else for, for anyone else? Go on, Daryl, take us home. <laughs> now, now you're on the spot. Oh, gosh, I am on the spot. Um... I want to be crying. <laughs> <laughs> Emotional um, speech. Emotional speech. <laughs> um, listen to what's being offered. Offer when there's opportunity to do so. Don't be afraid to take a risk. Be bold. No choice too small. Um, <laughs> nice. And and have fun and don't be embarrassed about expressing something that is uniquely yours, which everyone has. Um, loads of people will say like, oh, I can't act. I mean, like it, you can. It's not like a chosen magical ability that only a chosen few have. Like, like all of us here in multiple roles, we trained 
to learn how to act. We had some idea of what it was. Then we paid money, time and blood and tears to learn how to do it. And it's a skill that we can turn on and off, but everyone can do it. And it's just a matter of just giving it a go and, um, and trusting yourself that it's fine. It's safe. The world doesn't end if you, if you're not satisfied with what you bring, but you go to play D&D because you have something to bring and it's your chance to give it. So give it. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh my and one final thought. If you're sat on a table singing a song, don't swing your leg. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the worst thing you if could possibly do as an actor. Sad song. Sad song. Swing your leg. Acting career's over now. <laughs> um, if I could just add one last thing. That even at a table where you're all playing a game together, there might be some small parts, but there are no small roles. Yes! 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 That's it. That's it. That's the one. Uh, you, you guys are a treasure because my follow-up question is, is, of course, is there anything you would like to plug? Yes. Nah. Oh. Nah. Done. Yeah. Nah. yeah. Cheers. Bye. <laughs> if if you've enjoyed listening to us um, chat today, then please do check out our podcast. It is No Small Roles. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at No Small Roles. You can search for us on Facebook by searching No Small Roles. You can search on Google. You'll find pictures of toilet roll and bread. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do actually. Now you Google us, we do actually come up uh, much sooner than we used to which is great a very exciting it was a very exciting day when when google started showing pictures of us rather than just literally rolls yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just endless bread rolls are like so many bread rolls. <laughs> Man, i want to i want to know the kind of person that searches for small roles and why they need them. <laughs> that's the story yeah. also, why are they searching for not having them like yeah. who's searching for not having them <laughs> like, yeah. who goes to Tesco and is like no small roles <laughs> like your largest roles just give me your biggest batch yeah. please yeah. Right. I need a ginormous loaf <laughs> nothing less will do <laughs> Sorry, Grace, you were promoting our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. And you can basically find us on pretty much every podcasting app. If we're not on it, then tell us and we'll try and make sure that we get on it. Um, we're also on Spotify. You can find us on YouTube. Um, we've got a website. We've got a website now as well, haven't we? <gasps> yeah. www.nosmallrolls.com. Is that correct? Yep. Correct. And yeah. I think we've got a Discord now as well. We do have a Discord. Um, I still don't understand it. <laughs> Me um, but Daryl knows it. I'm, I'm on it. Like it, my Discord's been pinging throughout this whole interview. <laughs> I'm on it all the time. Um, yeah, we have a Discord. Uh, the link will be made uh, very shortly when it's ready. Lovely. Uh, yeah, all, all, the, all the links and everything will be in the in the episode description of this. So Amazing. should anyone get, uh, find it, um, guys? Thank you ever 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 so much uh, for a really super super duper awesome episode it was a hell of a lot of fun so thank you all for for spending your thank evening you. with with me it's been a <laughs> pleasure thank you for having uh, us yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been a total pleasure thank you uh and yeah all that's left i don't have a catchy outro like you guys not yet, so, uh, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> <laughs> i need to hire more friends there we go <laughs> uh yeah all that's left to say is thank you everybody for listening and uh good night
And we'll think critically next time. <laughs> <laughs> Not for now. <laughs>